Welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. This episode is sponsored by Team Rankstar and Inked Gaming. Visit TeamRankstar.com for all the latest Tesla news, and visit Inked Gaming and use the code TRS12 to get 12% off your next order of customized gaming gear. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the community, and the meta of the Elder Scrolls Legends. My name is Mark Lutz, and I'm one of your hosts from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me today, I have our co-host, uh, Deadbroke Nerd. What's going on, Deadbroke Nerd? Hey, good to be here. I've we- uh, been having a, a good time playing this new set. I'm really excited to talk about it, to be honest. Yes, and the coolest part of maybe talking about the new set is the person that we get to talk with about this new set, which is the community manager for Elder Scrolls Legends from Bethesda, CVH. CVH, man, it's such an honor to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight, man? Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm doing really good. Uh, excited to talk about Jaws of Oblivion and everything else Legends as well. Yeah, well, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, there's been a lot. There's been a, I mean, episode, you were on here for episode seven, which was some time ago. And yeah. I think episode seven was right after Moons came out. Okay, that's before events came back. That's before Gauntlet came back. That's before some of the changes we're going to talk about tonight to Arena. It's before the Jaws of Oblivion expansion. That's before a lot of things. You guys have done a lot in the last two to three months. Yeah, it's it's been a very busy month since, uh, a very busy couple months since Moons of Elsewhere, for sure. It feels like just yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have been like pumping out content kind of like like crazy recently. And that that's that's really awesome. That's that's fantastic. So DBN man, what have you been doing? I saw you were streaming earlier today. Uh you know, what's been keeping your attention in Elder Scrolls Legends, man? What you been playing? Uh I've actually been a little bit all over the place. Um but uh I think my favorite card from this last set, I mean, it's probably just Worldly Wanderer. I mean, to be honest, that thing, it gives me everything I want, which is more Moon Gates and more Fighters Guild Halls. Uh, So uh, between those two things, I've been very, very happy. Uh, I even said, I think last um, in Moons, uh, I was like, okay, there's all this new support synergy. Clearly, it's a uh, design philosophy for yellow, like like an identity I'm I, I'm looking at the all these tutors. There's tutors for items. There's gonna be a tutor for supports. I'm gonna put my money down on it. I was very pleased that it was, because dude, I've been I've been playing all the supports, all the supports. And uh, but today I actually had uh, actually ranked up playing uh, Orc Warrior uh, for the first time in forever with uh, the Marauder Chieftain. Marauder Chieftain is oh so it's so fun. It's like it's it's like okay I gotta slam some extra items in this deck so I get more value. It's so good. Oh man I love it. I haven't actually got to play with Marauder Chieftain, but here's here's what I'm curious about. It reads that it gets bonus attack every time another creature gets a bonus attack. Is that correct, mm-hmm. guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of your other creatures. All of my other creatures. Friendly, friendly yeah. creatures. Friendly creatures. Not, not so, your opponent's creatures. Okay, what's the what's the orc that gives plus one attack to every creature? Orc Clan Captain. Yeah, orc and it does captain. count for each individual person. 
Okay, so, so you let me slam or clan captain a three person lane. Marauder captain gets or Marauder chieftain gets uh, three attack. Okay, let's Plus say the other attack that it gets naturally from yeah, the other plane. So. Exactly. Pretty That's sick. That's true. Let's say I did that. Now let's say I shadow shift him to the other lane. Yes. Will it do it again? Yes. Because he gets that attack and he keeps it. So let's say I shadow shift my Orc Clan chieftain, or not Orc Clan, whatever it is, the one the one that gives captain. plus one attack captain, mm-hmm. and I, I I shadow shift him to the other lane. He boosts the attack on the other lane. Does the the new card go up again? And then if I shadow shift him back again, it would yep. just keep going up and up and yep. up. Yep. Yes. Oh, it's dang. so cool. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Does it work with unicorn? Uh, like, like unicorn gives things charge, right? That have less attack than it. Does it come into play with one attack get charge and keep so charge, or when his attack it, goes above it, it unicorn? It gets charge, but yeah, unicorn is not like an on summon effect. So when it gets out of range, then it would no longer have charge, unless you could keep the unicorn bigger than the chieftain, which is pretty hard to do. Uh, but chieftain gets buffed by pretty much everything. I was playing arena recently, and I didn't even think about it, so I played it wrong. But I didn't realize after chieftain, I played a banker, I butcher. And the summon effect actually yeah. it doesn't start at a six attack, so it actually gains the power. And I was like, ah, I could have realized I could have gotten two more damage out of that thing. But There's it, a surprising sick. amount of buffs in orcs. Like, I mean, I mean, and you don't even really have to. I went overboard initially, and I put a bunch of items in, and then I just ended up cutting the items because, like, okay, orc clan captain's gonna get enough buffs. Like, you've got the gatekeeper, you've got the bunker eye butcher. Like, there's so much stuff that buffs. Like, you, you don't really need to go overboard with it. It's always gonna get at least some value. Yeah, okay. it's like the threat that it poses when you play it, even if you don't have all of the buffs. Your opponent's like, do I have to destroy it? Maybe it just wins the game if I don't. <laughs> you never yeah. really know. Okay, here's here's another question. Are you, are, this is Because my mind's exploding now. It's exploding with possibilities. If I play it in Warrior and I play the Atronaut that it's a 3-mana it's a, 3-3 three three, three that destroys things on either side of it and gains their attack and power, if I yeah. was to attack face, attack face, drop this, crush two creatures, would his attack also go up by what the Atronaut's attack would go up by? Yep. It's anything, dude. It's anything. I was having a lot of fun with militant chieftains uh, as well. I mean, that's one more thing that gives a big board-wide buff. I mean, God, they're so... I mean, orcs have just enough buffs in there that you can just go ahead and double down on it. Now, I don't think Orc Warrior is, like, the best. But the, the Chieftain helps a ton, honestly. Uh, and, like, I don't know, especially if you really want to go all in on, like, you can go and splash a bunch of non-orcs uh, if you want to be lame, you know? Uh, but if you want to be cool, you'll put all orcs in the deck. Uh, and the Marauder Chieftain helps a lot with that. Yeah, cool. I was very excited when I saw that PDMD called it a good orc. Uh, yeah. I think that's always been the goal, is to make PDMD think an orc <laughs> that we release is good. <laughs> well, yeah. mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, okay. Oh, you know what? My mind's exploding right now because I, I didn't even realize some of this. So the 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 multi-colored orc, right, that gives all of your orcs plus one, plus one. That if you have six orcs on the board, and he gives him a plus one, plus one, and then he gets another five plus attack on top of that, he, he multiplies that bonus for every other orc that's on the board. Well, he adds the bonus. Yeah. But yeah. 
But yeah, your head's in the right place here. Kane's a oh lot my, of deck. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, I now know that's a must remove for me. Um, <laughs> CVH, you work on this game all the time, and I, I imagined true. that you also try to find some time to play it on occasion. Um, and so, what do you what have you been playing since Jaws came out? I mean, we've, we're a week in now. So actually, since Jaws came out, I have I played a little bit of the uh, Oblivion Gauntlet, of course, um, but I've pretty much exclusively played Arena because I felt like I've sort of let myself go draft wise over the past year and a half. I've mostly played ranked only because when you have less time to play, you just pick your favorite mode and kind of just go for it. Uh, so I've stayed away from Arena, but since the Arena ranks started, I've felt this compulsive need to try to hit Legend in Arena. Um, so it's going pretty well. I'm at rank 4 so far, and uh, I've gotten to play with a bunch of the new cards that I don't think I would have all played in ranked. Like, you know, you, you don't really play this, uh, the, the sunken one. I think that's the name of it in ranked. Uh, but it's been really fun to experience the cards in the in the limited format. Uh, and yeah, I'll probably get to rank the too. new Atronaut, right? Yeah, the, the 5-7 Ward. <laughs> yeah. Piercing javelin magnet, but in arena, it just oh. kills things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know what that card was when you said the name. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's an interesting reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those cards that, um, like, obviously, tons of people wanted to do card reveals. So I think mm. some, actually, that one I don't think I gave to anyone, but those kind of cards sometimes get given as card reveals, and people mm. are always like, oh my goodness, why are they wasting? set space on something like that and then it's it's seriously just a limited format card you know no one really expects the design team isn't shaking their heads or scratching them and then wondering why is it the sunken one seeing any play in that legend you know it really is just (laughs) it's a limited format card (laughs) sure like people know people right you can't be designing these cards and thinking that every single one that you're printing out is just like yeah, money. I mean, is... so, sometimes there are oversights, and and a card is way better or way worse than was intended or or we thought it would be. Um, sometimes that's answered by a buff, but you know when it's something like sunken one, giant chicken, those kind of cards, you kind of know. <laughs> okay, what, know. was old was old salty's sack bag of crabs more powerful than what you thought it was going to be? Because uh, I hate that card. I refuse to use its real name. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Personally, no. I mean, I don't design any cards. That's not me at all. I've given feedback before. Um, sometimes that gets used, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but personally, I thought the card was going to be really good, and it was pretty good. Actually, it's sort of fallen off a little bit recently, because I think people really got excited when it first came out and didn't really think about the real commitment to deck building that you have to have to include. I think most people are doing 11 crab type cards and then the three old salties it's a really substantial part of your deck you can't just throw that into anything it's a lot it's a lot harder than even uh conscription because i think a lot of the decks that played conscription would already have been playing like a good three-fourths of the two drops and one drops they were playing so Mm -hmm. old salties i mean those crabs are just not good by themselves there's no way around it and uh I, i imagine the design really wanted to push uh people to have a reason to play those crabs and i think it worked um you know, some people like the gameplay, some people don't, but I, I think it's a good power level. Well, I think too, like it comes down on five, on six, you can get rid of all of them with your uh, ice storm. Like it, it's it's definitely a very powerful swing, no doubt. But the timing of it, I think, if it came in any earlier, it would be a pain. But I mean, I, I don't necessarily have a huge issue with it. I will say today on stream, I had a fun time playing uh, Old Salty's Assault in Redoran with Painted World at the top end, 
It was oh hilarious. It was super <laughs> Holy funny. Cow. Like, uh, it would have been a better deck without Painted World. But I got to play Painted World for four, uh, for four mana. And uh, it was great. Because actually, this is something I didn't know until somebody pointed out to me. Because they were like, they rec- somebody recommended this deck. They were like, hey, play it in Red Rain. I was like, okay. Uh, and uh, neutral counts for Painted World, which I didn't, yes. I guess I missed the memo on that. Uh, and I was like, whoa, this is really great. So you just play a Red Rain Forerunner. And, uh, and a little uh, two drop, you know, a neutral, and then bam, <laughs> it's cost four. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, that's really solid. You know, it, it wasn't bad. It, when when it was four mana, it was really good. When it was yeah. when it was six mana, it it wasn't quite worth it. When it was eight mana, well, it was a dead card. <laughs> yeah, I I drafted a painted world, and it wasn't great, but like even at eight, it's not that bad in arena. So I felt like it was kind of yeah. justified. Oh yeah, at eight, at eight, I can in arena for sure. Like, I mean, yeah. you're still getting eight eight stats yeah. for eight. I think it's not terrible. No, yeah. That will likely be a card that I never play ever. <laughs> like, not no. You have to you have to force yourself to play it, Mark. That's what you got to do. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so. Not, no, um, I don't. I don't have to. Um, which I think brings up a, a, I don't know, maybe just a curious question. I mean, you obviously, CVH, like you're part of Bethesda and things. Um, there had to have been a great deal of fun being on the team, developing all of these cards that are related to and connected to these kind of like unique pieces of lore from Oblivion. I mean, that I'm sure there's some amount of fun of like creating a brand new thing, a brand new entity, and you're exploring a new unexplored space in the Elder Scrolls. But was it a lot of fun to just explore Oblivion a little bit and kind of like go back to that and draw some cards out of it? Yeah, this is an interesting question for me because uh, as some of our, some CVH lore for you guys, I, uh, Legends was my first Elder Scrolls game is how I'm going to word that without upsetting anyone I work with. <laughs> uh, I just, I never played, uh, I played like 30 minutes of Skyrim. I, you know, I was always a card gamer, so I actually don't know pretty much anything about the lore. Um, I Joey does know a lot about the lore because he played uh, Oblivion a lot. Um, but the actual creation of the cards, um, that's all done on Sparky Pants' side entirely, so they're the ones who really get to explore and match, like, you know, they have the whole the whole art commission process is one thing, then you have the card design process and, like, matching the kind of effects they want and the kind of mechanics they want to sort of drive the theme home with the characters that are present in a given place or era, um, and then matching that with, like, the art commissions and making sure everything comes back and, and looks the way they want it to. There's been cases when, like, a card they want to make, um, the art just didn't really vibe with it, so that changes, you know? They, you can't always just redo art. It takes a pretty long time to commission those pieces, so sometimes the effect changes to be more friendly with the art and everything. You know, it's all this big, cohesive unit. Um, I don't actually... I do get to see the cards and they're created as they're being created, but that's mostly a thing that the design team does and QA does as they're being created. And I don't really, the first time I really dove into the expansion, uh, and this is true for almost every expansion that we've done recently, I think Isle of Madness being the only exception, um, but all the other expansions, I've only really started diving into the card pool when I start getting ready to do card reveals and everything. So, mm. and, and that's usually, I jump in, I'm almost completely unfamiliar with the cards at that point, and then by the end of the card reveal season, I have almost all of them memorized because I've seen them all so much in my emails and my DMs. Sure. Now, and now at that point, we... they're just committed. I, I, I want to ask Mark. We're we're not officially doing the Q and A yet, right? 
No. Let, okay. Let's let's, I'll, let's hold off and ask some of the questions. I, I, I do have a I do have a class. I'll pocket. Well, you know. Okay. Yeah. I I, I gotta I gotta <laughs> stop because like I get super curious, right? Yeah. Like, me too. I I have like three questions now. Because there's like all of it. I have like <laughs> oh, all of no. these things. Like I have all these questions and like follow up and I just I'm just curious now about stuff. So, but let <laughs> you know what let, let we've talked about what we've been doing in Tesla. Just for the record, I like my my week in Tesla actually involves streaming for the first time. I got a streaming um a rig set up. A buddy of mine donated a bunch of parts to the cause for the show, which is incredible because he basically gave me $1,200 worth of computer parts. That's um, a good friend. <laughs> that's a really good friend. And he's like, dude, I just want to, I want to see you stream. Like I want to see you put content out there. So I bought a couple of computer parts and I got like a, a pretty nice gaming rig for like 150 bucks. And so like, you can't really beat that. That's pretty incredible. So uh, it was clear that there were some doors opening for me. So I, I started streaming this past week, which has been a lot of fun. And I think that honestly, like streaming, it's been a little bit stressful, but what I find to be less stressful is actually playing arena on stream. Um, and you said less fun. stressful like, or more stressful. It's, it's less, less stressful. stressful. Like, I feel That's like good. I can engage with people who are in chat when I'm playing arena because I care significantly less than playing on ladder. <laughs> and you've never heard of a person who practices like a, a, a practicer on, on a streamer who just practices on like casual mode. That doesn't seem like a thing that I should be doing. It doesn't sound like an appealing thing to go watch. Hey, come watch me. There's no stakes. Um, I'm so, sure someone's <laughs> done it. Like let's speed run to the daily max win of gold reward. <laughs> See, <that's laughs> oh, geez, that does not sound like a ton of fun. Um, but anyway, uh, so I've been playing a little bit arena and, and actually have really enjoyed it. I'm excited because we're going to talk about that in the next uh, segment of our show, talking about the news and looking at some of the, the new stuff that came out for the arena, which is exciting for me. Um, anything, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and move on to our segment about the news and what's been going on with the news. History shall remember this day. Okay, so in the news this week, of course, like we, we we actually recorded last week on the day that Jaws came out. So there's a ton of news around Jaws in general, but there was a couple of things that we wanted to make sure that we highlighted. And one of those things is that there is a lot of changes to Arena, a lot of changes to the Arena. Um, CVH, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you kind of have a pretty good idea about some of the changes that were made to Arena, especially you, you've been playing it. So tell us about, because before you'd get like your 12 wins or whatever, your nine wins, you'd get your adoring fan. Every time you got like a nine win run or seven win run, mm -hmm. whatever, you'd go up a rank and you could get to rank one. That was kind of it. You were capped out there. So what yeah. are some changes that you guys made to Arena um, with this last patch? So the gist of it, and uh, if anyone wants to explore more, uh, the article is on our uh, website, uh, legends.bethesda.net, and uh, tesla.blog actually just did an article that summarizes those changes along with their tier list. Uh, but basically, the, the idea of it is that the ranking system in Arena is now very, very similar basically identical to the ranking system of Ranked Constructed. So you climb the constellations, uh, you win, you gain a star, uh, you lose, you lose one, and basically you have ranks 12 through 1, and then Legend Rank on top of that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. And matchmaking is basically determined in the same way it tries to match you with someone at a similar rank, uh, as opposed to you know that sort of being invisible in the old arena mode. Mm. Yeah, and and with that comes two things that I think are 
are really big and super important. You can get card backs now, the same ones that you could have gotten for rank. So if you get to legend, does it reset? Okay, that's another. Does it reset every month? Uh, yeah, it'll be the same seasons as a uh, ranked play. Same seasons. Okay. Yeah. So so if you hit legend, you'll reset to uh, five in arena, mm-hmm. and and they're separate too. So you know if you don't play arena at all one month and you play a bunch of ranked constructed, you'll be at different ranks next month. Interesting. Interesting. So you can actually get the legend card back, the top 100 legend card back, and the top 10 legend card back now through playing arena. Yeah, theoretically someone who's never played ranked and never wants to play ranked, and I mean ranked constructed, now that, now that they're both kind of ranked, but you could basically get all those just from playing ranked arena. Yeah. Yeah. DBN, I don't know if you have anything like chime in on about some of these changes, but you're not, I mean, you're not primarily an arena player as someone who's not an arena player. Does this entice you to check out arena more? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, so when I get bored uh, on stream, I'll play arena. The thing is like on stream, which is the majority of when I actually get to play. Cause when I'm not streaming, I usually don't have time to play. Um, but the thing is, is anytime there's a new set, I, like, I have so much experimentation to do. And, like, kind of, I mean, I don't know, like, my shtick, if you will, like, the only thing that I think I do differently than other streamers, I guess one of the things that brings people in and makes people interested in watching me over someone else uh, is that I heavily experiment with weird stuff. And I take, I mean, I've got about a group of, like, four or five regular viewers who are constantly coming up with these harebrained schemes to make certain cards work like painted world, you know, uh, and saying, all right, DBN, like I've got this rough list, like let's see what we can do with it. And so my thing is trying to make uh, meme decks viable for ladder. Right. And as you can probably guess, there's a lot of meme decks out there. So I usually have something to tinker with. Right. Um, Transmogrify Invade being my favorite thing by far with this new set. (laughs) It is amazing. It's so fun. Uh, But, um, so I don't have time to play Arena. I really like Arena, for the record. I actually do really like it. It's just a huge time commitment in a stream, because I mean, you draft, and usually you want to take your time, make sure you make a good deck, you know, Uh, and then you also have to say, okay, well, now I have to play, and I I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm a decent player. I also draft pretty well, and so I usually win a lot more than I lose. So if I'm winning, you know, if I'm going 7-2 on an arena run, that's, you know, two hours. You know, if I'm taking my time thinking through my plays, and bam, that's my stream. You know, I, I only stream mm-hmm. three to four hours. So I, I, I tend to avoid it. And so, like, will ranked attract me? No, because I'm not going to play enough to actually get to a decent rank. <laughs> Yeah, it it takes a significant amount of arena runs to get to legend rank. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm ranked. But I, I think it's cool for, for the people that are really into it, because I have friends who are really into arena, so I'm really happy for them, because they seem very excited about it. Hmm. CVH, was there some sort of... Like, this is a big, this is a big refocusing. Like, for me, this is a huge refocusing for the Tesla team to re, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm overstating it. But for me, this is an enormous thing to say, listen, we are going to give the same 
rewards or like the same prestige. Like these card backs represent prestige in this game in many ways. And you're basically saying like, hey, we're going to give you the same level of prestige for competing in arena. And you, you have to contribute a similar amount of time that you would have to to ladder. So you're probably not going to be able to do both. And you're you're almost sort of solidifying two formats. Arena isn't necessarily anymore the place that people just go to get gold at the beginning of the game when they're building their collection and then forget about it so that they can go play ranked. Now it's you're, you guys are sort of legitimizing the format, which is mm-hmm. cool. Is that was that your goal was to legitimize arena as a, a format? Yeah, I mean, this is actually something we've wanted to do for a while is uh, rework the ranking system in some way um, just to make it, you know, feel a bit more more clear. You know, this is is the ranking system that's been in ranked play is a very clear system. You know, you can tell where you are. uh, You don't stop at a certain rank after you hit it and then wait until a reset, which came with like expansions mostly. Uh, So this just makes a lot more sense. And the rewards like we want it to feel like you don't have to play either one or the other to get that kind of thing like a card back for example um at the end of the day there are people who just as dbn doesn't really play too much arena he plays a bunch of ranked there are people who are the exact opposite and they don't want to feel like they are forced to play constructed uh to get those top 100 rewards i mean we still have the monthly card of course as its own sort of thing but uh in general i like rewarding the arena grinders too and uh when it comes to like the true competitive play, that'll pretty much always be constructed anyway, because you can't really have an arena tournament. You know, that'd be pretty impossible to set up logistically, and I think people would just prefer to play uh, constructed tournaments anyway. So, uh, you know, for the people who are really out there grinding and testing using the ladder to, you know, run their decks against the gauntlets so they can prepare for these tournaments that the community are putting on, you know, that'll be the place for them, obviously. So there will always be a reason to play ranked over arena for those kind of players for sure. So are and, we... you, and you can't play like Transmogrify Invade in Arena. That'd be really hard to build. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, can, can, is it, can, am I allowed to just like say from what you just said there that it's safe to confirm that when it comes to uh, a tournament mode that 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 Tesla teams focus is on a not on drafted. There's no focus or intention to do a drafted tournament mode. Uh, I have no comments. <laughs> <laughs> was, I, I was mean, speaking. I was speaking specifically for like the kind of tournaments that are being put on now. The community, um, you know, pretty much everything is ranked. Uh, basically, the mode that you see in ranked constructed or a small variation on the theme. Like you could pretty easily run like a popper tournament or something like that with commons only. Um, but arena's always sort of been you know, the stepchild format, which isn't really competitive, but with a ranking system like this, it's still not going to be like the top tier competitive play, but it makes a lot more sense. And and you feel a sense of progression uh, more when you're playing it, you know, like even, even players who did like the old ranking system, you only like it until you're rank one and then you're done. Then that just doesn't feel good to to be done so quickly. Hmm. It's it's just it's interesting to me. I don't know. It's it seemed like it seemed like something was confirmed there. Maybe something wasn't really confirmed there, but it seemed to me like something was a little confirmed about tournament mode. Um, so there's been some like comments out there now about like the I don't know like the 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 amount of uh, 
Jaws cards that are being drafted in the format mm-hmm. that like if you're playing an arena, like just you're going to get an option to play one of the like the Oblivion Gate classes, one of the Invade classes. And you should just choose it because gates are really overpowered in arena right now. You've been playing a lot of arena CVH. Have you, have you, I have not found that to be true in my arena runs. Have you found that to be true in yours that like it's just a go to like just run, run Invade? Uh, I Most of my decks have several Invade cards. I can't access my Google Drive where I'd pull up the classes I've been playing. I like to keep track of things, um, you know, by hand. Um, so I've I've drafted, I think, a dedicated invade package, like uh, probably three runs. Um, and like one of those times I tried to draft it and it didn't really work out too well. I got like maybe four or five invade cards. Um, you usually wind up with a few invade cards in your deck, maybe like two or three. Uh, I wouldn't really count that as a big deal. I think people are putting a lot of overemphasis on the Oblivion Gates. It's kind of awkward to know when to kill them. You know, you could kill them early and prevent it from getting uh, out of hand immediately. Or if you wait, you could potentially get better value out of your removal. It's not like they typically gain power. So as long as you have the the way to kill them, you're just getting free value there. Uh, Or conversely, you could probably just ignore it for a while because i think oblivion gates only really start getting dangerous when you start getting the cost reduction and the keywords and it does take a, a good amount of invade to get that going so um it depends if i'm up against like mage or guildsworn or something like that um killing them early probably uh probably good to play to that lane and make sure you can deal with the gates but if they're on like a spell sword that has like a modest amount of invade cards that they probably drafted, then you can probably get away with ignoring it a lot easier because uh, you know the deck isn't that dense with invade cards. Uh, for me, it's been sort of hit or miss, but I do notice people awkwardly playing with Oblivion Gates, and for me, there even still is a learning curve of figuring out how how deadly they are, how much I need to, to care about them and respect them on the board, which I think is a lot of fun, personally. Hmm. Yeah, I... I... I had one game that went very, very poorly, like one that just went really, really bad. That was the guy just basically dropped an Oblivion Gate every single round. And then I just absolutely could not recover from it. And that was a very Mm -hmm. discouraging. That was a very discouraging (laughs) round for me. But other than that, like I haven't I haven't noticed that they were too powerful. And one of the cool things is it's helped me explore some new cards that actually can remove Oblivion Gate um, like Stone Throw. Um, yeah. which destroys something with less power. I did not realize I've drafted two of those in one of my decks, and it was like the answer to Oblivion Gate automatically, um, which was really cool. Yeah. That was that was a card that I never would ever played in any deck, but it became like, oh, this card is actually an answer to Oblivion Gate, and I wouldn't have realized it. Yeah, the interesting thing, too, and this is probably more true in ranked, in Arena, a lot of it is creature combat, um, so you have to use the creatures more often than not to kill an Oblivion Gate, but... You know, you see probably people saying, okay, Oblivion Gates get out of hand, so I need to get rid of it. So I'm going to execute this Oblivion Gate that maybe Invasion Vanguard just summoned or something. So they played a two-cost, and you basically executed half of it. Like, you executed the effect. Uh, 1-4 is still on the board. Uh, And then, like, you could do that a few few times until you'll run out of removal, and they won't run out of cards that say Invade in their deck. And then at the end of the day, you're wondering, well, this seems overpowered. I had all my removal, and I still couldn't... But, you know, if you let it level up to a point that is an investment of time on their part, but not too debilitating to you, because you can handle a couple data with plus one, plus one, um, then you can actually use your removal to reset progress a lot more. You know, you kill in a level five Oblivion Gate with Execute, they've got to restart that whole process. And if you were able to deal with the data on board, 
then there really wasn't a huge rush to deal with the the gate. It's pretty pretty tough to think about, because then on the other other hand, you could let it go too long, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> and you've got like eight keywords coming down against you. But that that so rarely happens. I think in arena, it's been very rare that it gets past level four ish. If I really want to get rid of it, it's tough. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I've just seen a lot of feedback basically from people who are playing the new arena and saying like, man, we're definitely seeing a lot of a lot yeah. of oblivion, a lot of oblivion gates in arena. Um, DBN, you don't have uh, you don't have Reddit pulled up right now, do you, with the with some of the cards yeah. that were spoiled by chance? No. I probably I probably should have thought about that. I don't have anything pulled up, dude. <laughs> I am uh, juggling like three different uh, programs trying to keep everything intact. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> I was I was scrolling through it, but um, I you know maybe maybe we don't need to talk about like any really specific <laughs> card then. Um, which is that is that good? Do you prefer that? <laughs> <laughs> I, we can we can touch on the fact that there were some cards that were revealed, but <laughs> they're very cool, and I'm very excited for them in the future. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of 2020 cards that have been Couple. were they were they were they were they, were they is revealed the right word? Um, visible. <laughs> okay, they, they were made visible. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then they were made invisible again after that. Um, so that's good. So as I'm scrolling through these Reddit posts, I probably won't be able to find it for that reason. No, no, no. There. You can find it on Reddit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's, we can't like once something's on the internet, trying to take it off the internet is a losing battle, you know. <laughs> that's that's probably, it's not gonna. That's, we we can we can remove it from the client, or actually, it wasn't a client problem so much. It was a it was an export code issue. Um, that's why people were seeing the car. Actually, no, um, that was a different thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a client problem. So we got a, we got them uh, hidden as they should be pretty quickly after that. But you know, the screenshots were already out there. What's the harm? People get really excited about upcoming cards. I think that's fine. The the other problem that was it was the importing where we got to see a bunch of alternate artwork by accident. Yeah, separate issue, also fixed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that excites me. Me and DBN have talked a couple of times about you know some of the things that sort of like that we like about the game and what some of the things that we'd like to see come back. And I think we both feel similar. I don't know about you, DBN, but I love alternate artwork. Uh, yeah. on cards. I think that's really exciting. So I, I was just super pumped to see that coming back. I think it's mm -hmm. a really good way to monetize the game in a way that doesn't diminish free-to-play players, uh, but does offer a little bit of exclusivity to people. I mean, I've always been a supporter of the Dota 2 model, which is lots of hats. You know, just, just lots of mm -hmm. cosmetics, let people buy them. You know, um, make the game as economical as you can when it comes to gameplay uh, and then allow the really passionate people to help fuel the game with really cool cosmetics that don't actually impact competitive uh, competitive play. So, I mean, I've been all for alternate arts and, you know, special card backs and titles. I don't always buy them. I don't always have the money, you know, but I like that they exist. Mm hmm. So all of those were labeled event reward, but, uh, you know, obviously, for full disclosure, they weren't supposed to be revealed in the first place. Um, so that label applies to a lot of them, but you can expect to see some of those maybe as store offers in the future. A lot of them will be for things like events. So um, if like you saw armor. one that you really liked... Well, Horse Armor, Horse Armor wasn't really an alternate art card, but that was, yeah, that was <laughs> specifically designed for events. Cool. 
Cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Todd liked it too. <laughs> yeah. Which I love, by the way. I love I love the horse armor card. I thought it was super cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't love the gauntlet as much, which is our next section, but definitely loved the. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> awful, but I definitely loved that. the The only card that I want to talk about that was spoiled, and I'm tr- really trying hard to find it right now, and I, it it seems to have disappeared <laughs> from everything for me. And like literally, I found all of the alternate arts and everything. I cannot find this card. It's the new skeleton that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's the sorcerer skeleton. I didn't even look at. I literally didn't even read any of the cards. I saw another skeleton and was about to lose my mind. I'm so excited about that card. And the reason for it is because consume is coming back. Yeah. That it does. I mean, that seems to me that there's that, right. Like we're not, I don't know. We talked before about how wax Wayne seems like a mechanic that would stay in moons of elsewhere. That's probably not a mechanic that we'd see revisited because it's so unique to moons, the lunar mm-hmm. abilities, um, it seems like the Oblivion Gates, like Invade, is a mechanic that's very unique to the Jaws of Oblivion expansion, something we probably won't see revisited in a future set. But Consume seemed like one of those abilities that was just like, this could have just been in the game from the beginning. Like, this could have just been a, a mechanic from the very beginning of the game. And I, all, I've said from the beginning, I hope that this continues. Like, I hope that we keep seeing yeah. it. And there was some confirmation with that because we are getting – at some point, a monthly reward card that's going to give us the ability to do some more consuming. Um, so does that mean that you guys are feeling like consume is something that, you know, is worth revisiting, that you want to keep printing some cards with consume on them? I mean, I know that you're not on the design team. I know that that's Sparky Pants rule, but it seems like you're not abandoning consume. That's something that you want to continue to bring to the game. No, yeah, and there's going to be a couple other instances, I think, of, you know, other keywords or, or mechanics more so than that coming back over a time. That happened with uh, Rally. People thought that was abandoned, but then Seasoned Captain came out in a monthly card. So you can definitely see uh, mechanics that have been used previously come back. How, how did I miss that? Rally came back on a monthly card. I, d- I guess I didn't. Sure did. Because not I a lot of people have, played if, it. <laughs> I've played against it in Arena recently. That is the place. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that them. in Arena. It's a good yeah. Arena card. I draft it. Yeah, you make it a 4-5, and, and then we're talking. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think I found the post, but I probably found it a little bit late. Christian or DBN, is there any other news that you think is something that we probably, you know, hey, we should be talking about? We should be talking about this, um, you know, this piece of news that we may have missed. Uh, no news yet. I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna have some more news for you to talk about on this podcast in the next few weeks, anyway. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's confirmed. New news coming out in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Next awesome. couple of weeks, we like that. I did finally find all the cards. I'm gonna find this stinking <laughs> skeleton, headless zombie, because I now you can't find it because you have to scroll for 45 minutes through Reddit to get to it. I don't know why <laughs> someone didn't pin this stinking thing to the top. I'm, I'm so surprised that it wasn't pinned. <laughs> oh come on, headless zombie. Um, a four mana three four sorcerer card that is a skeleton that reads: Summon, consume a card. Last gasp, draw a copy of the consume card that is sick that is a really sick card yeah, that is really, yeah. absolutely what what uh, what color sick. is it it is sorcerer it's blue mm-hmm. purple okay all the coolest cards are sorcerer it's yeah not even, confirmed i have a question oh, yeah. yeah definitely there, a bit of, uh, preference there 
I just if I had say, my druthers, they would all be sorcerer cards. <laughs> Sorcerer's negation would be the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, though, Mark. Uh, you're going to have a heck of a... I, we already talked about this. You're going to have a heck of a time finding uh, room in your four-drop slot for that bad boy. Yeah. Every <laughs> Half your deck you, is four-drops. <laughs> every skeleton you print is four, man. Just, like, give me a three-drop. Okay, not all of them. Oh, most of them. Three-drop skeleton. Of... We got Dark Guardian. That's so good. It is is strong, but I have to draw it when it's my only option. I've been trying to play Skeleton Tribunal Supports. I want to play, like, the support cards, and then I want to play all the skeletons and get them all buffed up like crazy. That's my goal. Hasn't worked yet, and it's because, like, almost all my supports and half my skeletons are four drops. And the new legendary skeleton, which I freaking love, and I got a golden of it, is also a four drop. (laughs) Basically, I don't play anything turns one through three. Yes, the new yeah, Lich it's, card. It's a neat card. I'm I'm still trying to like dissect that card and what it can do in terms because like I like it because it uh, it messes with the lane dynamics. You know, like do, like it make, gives your opponent like that weird like, well, do I trade? Do I not trade? I had a game where like my opponent played on me and it was actually a little bit of a of a quandary. So it, yeah, I I I tentatively really like that card. You know what I mean? I somehow yeah. ended up with three of them, so I definitely want to play them. <laughs> yeah. Every time I go to the purple manager, I just go and look at it, and I'm like, I, I so want to put this. You just, I mean, every time Mark logs in, he goes to the search bar and types skeleton. That is what I'm doing right and now. And stares wistfully at the four-drop curve. Yeah, yes. that is that is what I'm doing. A little Jamie <laughs> made sure to make fun of my decks because of how many four-drops they had in them. It was pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, hey, there's a lot of news, a lot of stuff going on in, in, in Legends right now. And honestly, like, I think for most games, this is an alarming amount of news to have right after an expansion release. I mean, I would imagine you well, guys probably... Well, some of it wasn't on purpose. We didn't mean to show you those monthly cards. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But I imagine, like, you guys probably just want to go lay down and have a nap after expansion release. and. And, yeah, and not release anything feel. new. Yeah. yeah, you're just done. I could get no that rest for, for sure. us though. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right back. You got to steal some of that digital card space market. You gotta. Yeah. yeah. We got another patch <laughs> to prepare for right around the corner. <laughs> you gotta always be vigilant. Always be vigilant. Um, well, let's move on to our next segment, um, which is going to be talking about this week's gauntlet. Let's do this. My, my motto with gauntlets is is basically this, and this probably could come back to bite me a couple times, but if it does turn out to be a bad format, like objectively bad, not because I think this one actually was pretty good based on like the player numbers and overall sentiment I've seen, but if there was a format that was implemented that actually wasn't very good, it would only be not very good for 72 hours, and then I could just never run it again. We could just make it better next time. And so that's that's kind of the thing. Like for Singleton, a lot of the sentiment around that was uh, maybe don't allow the you know the the Singleton cares cards. Uh, my thinking was well, we also want to create a, a format and a space where those cards actually are valuable because you don't see too many singleton decks in ranked. So I wanted to give players a way to play with them. But, you know, based on sentiment, if we do singleton again, 
I could just blacklist them. And I think mm-hmm. that might be something to explore, you know, and, and if it if it works out better, great. If it doesn't, it's 72 hours of that. And we always have another event coming right around the corner. Uh, so there'll probably never be another Oblivion Gauntlet. It was a very themed thing to go along with the, the set's release. Um, I mean, player numbers, I think, either due to the fact that you could play with the entire expansion or the fact that we can now give away packs and things like horse armor as rewards. Uh, player numbers were up, and I was really excited about that, and it seemed overall people liked the event for the time it was up. You know, wouldn't really make sense as a, a week-long thing or a month-long <laughs> thing, but yeah, it's fun to experiment for sure. Yeah, so are you the guy that's in charge of Gauntlet? I mean, you're speaking like you're the dude, like the, the, the guy yeah. who makes the decisions for Gauntlet. Some people, uh, I, I come up with a lot of the ideas. I do have to get a lot approved, but so far I'm, I'm like the driving force behind the schedule of the events, yeah. And that wasn't always the case. Uh, back in the day when events were first out, obviously I didn't work for Bethesda, so <laughs> it was obviously not me coming up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so taking a lot of the learnings and like how these events ran in the past and how I want them to run in the future and the ideas the team has and, uh, you know, using some old concepts along with some stuff that we can do with events now that we couldn't do back in the day, like uh, some things we haven't even tried yet. I think I've mentioned this before, but we can mess with lanes, like lane size, lane conditions. Uh, we can do that in conjunction with the things we've already done, like rarity and expansion. Uh, we used the blacklist once. I used it in kind of an odd way where I blacklisted a bunch of old monthly cards uh, for the retro gauntlet. Um, but if we wanted to, we could have like an off-meta event where the, like the top three most played cards of like the last month are blacklisted from each color. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, maybe not exactly that, but things like that are possible now. And uh, they were pretty hard to implement before, and now it's not that hard. So a lot of things we That's can do. That's cool. That's really that, cool, actually. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I so didn't you know you were, the, uh, you were the guy. That's really neat, too. I'm one of the guys. I'll take all the credit. Okay. <laughs> Well, we'll give it to you anyways. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for this hour and a half, you're you're the guy, right? You're the I'll guy who's <laughs> who's coming up with the gauntlet stuff. Um, that's that's really interesting. DBN, tell us about a little bit about your experience with gauntlet. Uh, I mean, I talked back and forth with you a little bit. I know mm-hmm. you've had you had some positive experiences and some not such positive experiences mm-hmm. with this week's gauntlet but in this segment we want to just go back and sort of reflect on what has been going on it you know in the gauntlet for the past week because it's a big yeah. thing every single week i mean now um, i'm putting you on the spot to talk about it whenever no, you now know that cvh is the guy who made it but yeah no no i i have been thinking actually a lot about it um which is one i don't think my experience when it comes to gauntlet is a great one uh, a great standard uh, definitely doesn't represent the majority of the player base because I cannot, I literally can almost never play the game on Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> so um, I, my Saturdays and Sundays, yeah, right. So I literally uh, can play them for the last hour of my stream and then maybe an, an extra couple hours before I work Friday nights. Um, so, you, so you work nights pretty consistently, I guess? Yeah. I work every Friday night. I work Saturdays uh, and Sundays. So, oh. um, yeah. So yes. yeah, that that schedule that you have was not in the forefront of uh, how we scheduled gauntlets. <laughs> and it's, it's like it's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, that is, you know, we did try to. There's like a whole bunch that has to go into it. Like we can't have the events run all the time because we're worried queue times will start getting kind of funky near the very ends if they're very long events. Uh, but you know we we do try to at least accommodate with the whole Monday morning thing up until uh, noon Eastern time. You can play so. 
that's for those of you who don't finish your gauntlet runs and you remember at work and you have to take an extended bathroom break to finish that last run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I've played uh, I played a run on Monday mornings um, before, you know, and um, but I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I think, you know, actually, I think my favorite gauntlet so far in hindsight was probably Popper um, because I felt like I had enough cards to work with to really design something that I felt suited my play style. And I thought that I felt um, could um, I could innovate a little bit with. And I ended up going with a really item-heavy battle mage for Popper, which used, like, Riyadh battle mage, Riyadh horsemen. And I felt really good about that. And I had, like, the the one run I did, I had six wins on, and I felt good. I was like, oh, yeah, pat myself on the back, you know, whatever. Um, so this one, I could not... I could not get the hang of this one. And, you know, I have actually been not having a hard time with Invade on the ladder and ranked, constructed. Invade has not been bothering me. Have I lost to it? Yeah. You know, but it, it hasn't been, uh, I, th- I think, um, CBH, you mentioned, you know, when you if you have an executed hand, don't execute the first gate. Wait till it's level four and then execute it. You know, yeah. wait till they're I down think... on cards and then execute it. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, anyone who was in our, our weekly stream last week, uh, Joey demonstrated um, the overzealous Oblivion Gate assassin, basically. <laughs> it's like, is it yeah. gate? Should I kill it? Let's kill it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing, too, is I think like a lot of people are having a hard time breaking out of the jam field automatically mentality. Yeah. And I think this is something that I really like that it says there is a legitimate reason for leading Shadow now. Um mm-hmm. In certain situations, or really, you know, Shadow Shift just got a huge buff, you know, uh, because it's really important to be able to jump over to that lane and kill that gate. So I thought you were talking about the new animation. uh, I mean, that was that new animation is so sexy. I am incredible. Shadow Shift is one of my favorite cards. That's a top five card for me. And so, like, when that card gets that new sweet animation, I actually, when the first time I played it, I thought my creature died. I was like, oh my god, what happened? Where's my creature? <laughs> so they reappeared over there. I was like, what happened? Uh, but yeah, no, Shadow Ship's one of my favorite cards. So getting that new visual effect is so cool. But um, but for this gauntlet, I just had a really hard time. I felt so good going into it. I had my Goblin Monk deck revved up and ready to go. And I went two and three. And I ran into five Invade decks. I beat two of them. And I lost to the other three. And it felt just simply as if I didn't have enough tools to work with. To I, didn't, I couldn't put Grizzly Gourmets in, you know, which would have been a nice yeah. little you know, I just didn't feel yeah. like I had enough to work with to really counter what was a much more fleshed out archetype comparatively to everything else. Because when you look at, like, the, this, like the design strength of core and the archetypes that were there, you know, I think we, we'll, we see a slight power creep in terms of statting. I think we see a uh, definitely in terms of like looking at what um, mechanics were involved in core, there was less um, there was less in any one mechanic, and it was a little bit more spread out. So you kind of had yeah. to supplement things together. And invade was, and frankly, um, big applaud to design team. I feel like uh, invade has actually enough to be legitimately relevant. Um, you know, on, at least on the latter. Whereas I think in other in past expansions we've seen some things like, it's just my per, a personal opinion. Like maybe there's not, maybe it's like we're one or two cards short of Exalt being really good, or one or two cards mm-hmm. short of you know um, Betray being being really good, or something like that. You know, I mm-hmm, still yeah. kind of wish there was one more card 
in each of the colors for Wax Wing. Or I wish that Wax Wing was done the way that Invade was done, which is that it was three colors for Wax mm-hmm. Wing and three colors for Consume. And I think it was slightly weighted one way or the other. But I really yeah. enjoyed that about about Jaws. But it uh, it does kind of awkwardly uh, compare with Core in terms of you know how fleshed out the archetype is. Yeah, and the cool thing about Invade, um, like one of the things I think makes it a little bit more playable on the surface is that you have the cards that invade and the cards that care about invade are typically one and the same. So like you have Daedra that invade, and when you invade, it makes your Daedra better. And you're already mm-hmm. playing the Daedra because they invade. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have this odd... Like obviously Wax and Wayne is pretty good in certain decks, but like mm-hmm. you can't just draw Moongate. You know, yeah. and another if you draw two moon gates, you have two moon gates. You still don't have a good play. <laughs> yeah. You just have two moon gates, and you feel yeah. pretty awful about it. Um, and then you know, consume. You know, there are some decent consume cards, but you know, even in arena, you have like the consume cards that consume, and then the cards that care about consume. Yeah. They're, they're two different things, and it yeah. requires like putting pieces together. And you know, when you have cards that, you know, it doesn't really matter as much what order you draw them in or which two invade cards you have as long as you're getting a good amount of them it makes it a lot easier to to deck build and to have more consistent game plans so you can level up those oblivion gates very quickly before they get grizzly gourmet yeah right and and you know some of those tech choices just weren't present you know you could run the executes but frankly you know i'm almost like man, do I run those, ex- those slow executes in my aggro monk deck, you know? It, it, was, it was tough, and, and uh, I played I actually played all three runs because I wanted to get the horse armor, but I played them all on Friday in the span of like four hours, four or five hours, and it, was, it helped that I lost a lot. Uh, <laughs> I got it done faster. Uh, but I just, I didn't take the time. I mean, I was seriously doing it on my commute, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I, I actually finished my last run at work, like, waiting for something to do. No, wow. No, no, dri- oh, work. God. No, 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 no. He would never admit <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, uh, at work, sitting there like, come on, you know, let me get these last ones done because I know that Saturday and Sunday I won't even be able to log in. Like, I just yeah, – I was going to say – I was gonna say you must be commuting like on the on the train or something, but then I realized you're from like that 757 area and our no, public no, no, transport's no, no. horrible. Well, yeah, we've got a little bit of that, and and also you know, um, I I'm not gonna lie, the traffic uh, and the evenings uh, on 64. Uh, oh yeah. It, it was really bad. So I actually was in like bumper to bumper for a minute, and I'm like, all right, let me build the deck for the next uh, for my next run. <laughs> I did that in the car. <laughs> and the, the irony is that the traffic was bumper to bumper because someone got in an accident while traffic <laughs> like, yeah, like John, yeah. <laughs> uh, well my experience in the gauntlet was it was good and bad i played mage vade in the beginning and um and had a good experience with mage vade and i actually here's the one thing that i think i that needs to be said and it doesn't have anything to do with gauntlet but one of the things that you guys did incredible with this set was not only did you make invade viable by pr- by printing enough of it um but in, on top of that you made it accessible which i think is really important because wax wane and consume were good but they weren't as accessible because of some of the legendaries that you needed to mm, make yeah. them good <coughs> oh sorry whereas cons- um, invade is very accessible and then what you did is the the legendaries that got put behind walls are things like worldly wanderer if you were already pouring a ton of resources into making those support decks 
who cares? You play enough to get those resources for that. So just get the worldly wanderers. And yeah, who cares about you support players? <laughs> the, you know, the, the faded wraith. The faded wraith was like a new deck that you could explore, but it clearly wasn't the focus of this particular set, right? Like invade was clearly one of the key focuses. And if you got excited about invade, you could, you could just jump on and you could play invade and you would get enough to be able to do that. And I, I think that is, I think that's awesome. I think you did a really great job of of making Invade accessible to people, which I absolutely love. My experience in Gauntlet was good. It wasn't fantastic. Um, I will say that I've loved what you guys have done. I think that uh, I'm actually not going to hit Legend for the second month in the row because I'm spending time playing the Gauntlets. That's fair. Like, because I just I'm spending some time on when I'm on I just want to play them because I want to get my three runs in I want to do you've made the rewards really enticing and I think that it's a huge boon to a, a new player even if they're coming into a gauntlet and they're not they don't have the collection but you've sometimes made the collection completely available to them so now they mm-hmm. can go in and they can play with all of these brand new cards that they couldn't possibly get access to and maybe they're not going to win a bunch of games but they have a higher chance to and then you're giving them these sick rewards you're getting the horse armor you're giving them packs you're giving them gold mm-hmm. they don't even have to front much to get into it because you're typically giving them enough tickets through drops and through you know, daily login that they can get into it and then win a couple of games and get enough back for free. I, I think that you guys have done an incredible job at making Gauntlet a really phenomenal new player experience. And yet you've left it to still have some competitive edge because you've done the leaderboards and people want to compete to get to the top. And so I think that there's something there for the whole gambit of players. Um, and so, uh, you know, spot on, I, you know, th- there certainly be some gauntlets that are more my favorite than others, um, just because of the format. Um, but I think the existence of it in the way that you guys are operating with it is just incredible. I mean, it's, there's not many things that you can create in a game like this that can hit somebody like me who got a hundred percent of the collection for jaws on day one. And, and then you can also hit somebody like some of the people who are in our discord who are brand new to the game and are buying pre condex, mm-hmm. but you're able to hit that wide of a range of players. That's incredible. There's not many games that can do that. So, you know, kudos, that's fantastic. I applaud that for you guys. And awesome. um, yeah, we have, we have a lot planned too. Uh, so that was a three ticket, 500 gold event obviously you can enter in gold now for those of you who missed that patch uh gold entry is a thing uh that was a hold up but uh yeah we, uh, so all events moving forward we plan on gold entry being a thing we plan on packs being awarded um no event without them not everything's going to have an alternate art card but we do have a good amount to give out in events and, and things like card backs as well which fortunately I haven't seen anywhere online yet, so those are still a secret. Ooh, but they just, <laughs> some of them look pretty awesome. Uh, you're gonna get card backs through Gauntlet. There we go. Yes. Um, so the next week's event actually um, it's Tuesday, right? So we're actually gonna announce it tomorrow morning. That's fine. Uh, so next week's event is gonna be something that I think players have seen before. Uh, not this year, but one of the ones from. Gauntlets passed. It's going to be only a one-ticket event. Uh, so we do have plans on doing events that are cheaper with entry and events that are more expensive in entry than even the three-ticket ones, some of the, the more enticing rewards. Uh, but some of the sort of core philosophies are we never want it to feel bad to get zero wins. Um, I monitor the leaderboard, so I, I can see pages upon pages. Like, there are people who will go zero three. Like, I'm not talking about they enter and they concede the entire thing just to get the card. I'm talking about, like, 
they just go zero. Like they, they, some people just lose, and you don't want that to feel bad. You want them to still feel like they want to enter again, get the, get their money's worth and their time's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's demoralizing enough to lose a few games for sure. <laughs> um, and we also so we want to make sure zero wins still feels like they get something, whether or not that's an all dark card or a pack or whatever. And uh, we also want to make sure it's not too hard to enter again. Uh, that was a big concern when we didn't have gold entry, but now that we have gold, uh, before we had gold entry, but now that we do, um, it's a lot easier to uh, sort of make the prize table a little bit more all-encompassing so we don't have to give tons of event tickets. We can give some gold, we can give some gems and some packs and some alt-art cards, um, and it uh, should be a lot of fun to experiment with uh, the different stuff moving forward. Yeah, you guys have been really, I mean, honestly, Legends is a very generous game in my opinion, like... Sometimes I'm worried it's so generous. Like sometimes it's so generous that I get a little. I'm like, are they are they gonna keep the lights on with the generat like the generous? They gotta keep the lights on, right, guys? Like I know people are asking for more generosity, but do you want a game next month? Um, uh, so, I wouldn't worry like, about events for that. <laughs> like I get worried. I get worried. And, but the gauntlet is just another step in that direction. It's just another step towards generosity. Like you go in and there's like, I have nothing to lose. Like, mm-hmm. I have very little to lose here. That's a fantastic feeling to go into Gauntlet with, and it has to be giving you some really great numbers in terms of statistically how many people are actually participating in it when mm-hmm. you when they have so little to lose or nothing to lose at all. Because mm-hmm. um, you've even done some Gauntlets now where you've given the first entry for free. Yeah. Like, uh, you just jump that in. Was just, that was just the, the one first time. One. Uh, but, yeah, obviously <laughs> we saw tons of people play in that, as you might expect. Yeah. <laughs> When, when I mean, it is literally free, a lot of people play it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it's it's been it's been super cool. Um, well, uh, why don't we go ahead and jump to our our what will be close to our final segment, which is a a guest Q and A segment. You're so sweet, I could just eat you up. Okay, so in our guest Q&A segment, whenever we have a guest on the show, we take some questions from our Discord channel, um, and we ask them to our guest. And in this time, I have a couple of questions for CVH that came in through Discord. Um, I think DBN has a couple of questions for you. And then we have trivia for you, which should be fun, because you admitted that Legends was your first ever Elder Scrolls game, so hopefully it's not lore-focused. Uh, it, really not. it is okay. not. It is not. Yes. Got you. I got you. Chance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. We'll see. Okay, so the first two questions are really good questions that you won't be able to answer. Um, But I'm going to ask them anyway, and then you can tell me. I have no comment. Are there still plans to bring Tesla to consoles? And also, uh, will we be getting more avatars outside of the four per race that we have now? Well, I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I do have a comment. But my comment is that I don't have an update at this time. <laughs> okay. okay. I wanted to give you a little slimmer hope. But yeah, unfortunately, mm. I can't. Like, Unfortunately, we can't use uh, podcasts and stuff as our, our news. Uh, you know, We obviously use our official channels for that. So stay tuned to all of our official channels for any updates of a more serious nature. Okay. Well, that's, but that's I do fair. appreciate the questions. Thank you to whoever on Discord or Twitch has asked those in the past. Yeah. Okay. So the the first two questions that we knew you couldn't answer, but this one you can. What's your favorite OTK deck? Uh, for me, it has to be hands down Stealer of Secrets. Um, used to be Stealer of Secrets Battle Mage, and now I guess the best way to do it is in Guildsworn, ever since Alliance War. But uh, play a bunch of actions, and then you know make a Nord Firebrand from a raiding party or something, and then play Nord Firebrand, a massive Stealer of Secrets. 
and uh, give the Nord Firebrand Mentor's Ring. It's just so satisfying. And it's like pretty much impossible to counter. Um, they have to hollow Death Priest, the Stealer of Secrets, or they have to play two guards, but your whole deck is action, so you should have removal. So like it's a from hand, entire from hand OTK. Uh, they can't be interrupted by a prophecy, and I just I really dig the deck. And whenever you play against it, it just feels awful. So that's <laughs> that's what I want in an OTK. Like, I've played against it a few times, and it is it's a bad experience. <laughs> Not only do I want to do it, but I also want to demoralize my opponent. Yeah, if you're playing a one turn kill deck, that's really the game plan because for the first like half of a game, you're just like slogging through trying to find the combo. So it has to be really satisfying when you finally get it off. Now, you don't do that anymore, right? Because it could cause someone to just delete the game, and you 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 work then for the you game. You would now, be so. to blame, yeah. Yeah, you can't yep. be making people rage quit to the point of deleting <laughs> the app on their Android phone. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're at a certain rank already, a Stealer of Secrets loss shouldn't make you rage quit that hard. <laughs> I'm not gonna like start a new account, load it up with a Stealer of Secrets deck, and do it at rank 12. That would be that would be too much. <laughs> so what he's saying is. If you're good enough at this game to be at the rank that CVH is at, then you should just deal with the fact that when you queue up against him, he's going to OTK you. Just what, about all the, had what, tough about the, uh, what about the event accounts? Don't you have one of those? Uh, well, yeah, but those are on their own little server. Um, <laughs> actually, what, something that was funny was uh, at E3, we had uh, an event account that Joey and I played on a lot. We had like all these computers set up for people to walk up and play. But for that, for E3, we were actually on the live version of the game. So players could technically play on the ladder if they wanted. And we leveled up event user 04 all the way from 12 to rank 4 over the course Dang. of that. Dang. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. We would just like take turns. Like one of us would be helping someone. One of us would be like on a break. So we'd just be playing Legends on the extra PC if no one was on it. <laughs> Okay, That's next question. Cool. What's your favorite card from Jaws of Oblivion? Um, oh, we didn't let the DBN want to answer the favorite OTK deck? Are we letting DBN oh. answer? Or, oh, yeah. or we, don't, we don't have to. That's fine. Yeah, DBN, <laughs> do you have a favorite OTK deck? You were probably trying to chime in there, and I just cut you off. Uh, no, I, I wasn't. But uh, since you asked, it's going to be Scale-On Triple Swift Strike, which uh, is, it is the funnest, uh, and I love it. And I, it's actually a very consistent deck, which is the cool part about it, because it actually plays kind of mid-rangey. You can Swift Strike win off of, like, Belly Giants and, you know, Torval Extortionists and stuff, but the point of the deck is to get out Scale on as early as possible. I've gotten Scale on out on turn five before. There's one time I could have brought it out on four, uh, but I forget why I didn't, but I could have done it. But I definitely have gotten out on five a couple times, which is really hilarious. And then on turn six, you can double swift strike, and it's a dream. That's wild. Love it. My, yeah. my favorite OTK is Shutterwalk. Um, no, that's <laughs> oh, that's <man>. <laughs> my favorite OTK is... It was OTK at that is, point that CDH uh, left the podcast. <laughs> CDH left the chat. Uh, Yogg's on and see what happens. Oh, I miss yeah. that, though. To be to be honest, from my Hearthstone days, Yog and Load, baby, out of uh, freaking Hunter, <laughs> with Lock and Load, where you play, get more spell, uh, more Hunter cards every time you play spell. I God. think I had just quit when that became popular. Unrelated, yeah. I didn't quit because of it, but yeah, <laughs> it was well, around that a time. lot of people did. So, <laughs> see, everybody hated hated Yog, and I loved it. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like that is a pretty contextualizes my uh, my Tesla approach too though. <laughs> 
Okay, back to this question. Do you have a favorite card from Oblivion, uh, from Jaws of Oblivion TVH? Yeah, so I don't know if it, it's it's definitely not the most competitive card. I think it's pretty good, but from a design standpoint and from an art standpoint, um, you know, it's got to be an intelligence card, and it is Attuned Dramora. It is the five cost four five that gains all the keywords you have in play when you summon her. I think mm-hmm. she's awesome. Love the flavor. Uh, you can do some pretty nutty things, um, and it's just awesome art, awesome card. It sort of just, you know, ticks all the boxes for me. Hmm. Yeah, it is a cool card. And I saw some people playing it in some, like, really keyword-heavy sorcerer decks. Mm-hmm. Really strong in that when you can put it in play and, and grab, like, four keywords on it. It's, like, super busted. Yeah. I know uh, uh, Dragon Tabor Blade or TT Blade now has that uh, keyword soup deck that he plays. So, obviously, slots right in there. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't want to just jam all the keywords into your deck, it's, it can be with pretty like, sick uh, sometimes. With, like, Battle Reef of Dusk? Is that, yeah. is that one in there? Yeah. Uh, I think he's playing it, yeah. I don't think yeah. I'm that brave, but <laughs> totally do it. I tried to find that card and literally have never had one. Never yeah, had, never crafted it, never opened it, never had one. A very old monthly card, so you're not yeah. going to open it. And, oh, well, uh, that makes sense then. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you have a, you have a favorite good. card from this set after a week, man? Well, we don't have to uh, ask me every question that we ask CBH, uh, but it's just, um, it's Worldly Wanderer. I already said it, yeah. Uh, even really big in the hand buff stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, which actually it makes me really love. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not gonna be offended if you didn't see it, but I've been playing around with spell sword, um, like Waxwing spell sword mm-hmm. with hand buff and pairing the two. It actually feels like legitimately very strong. I actually um, did see that. I shipped Joey the deck code, by the way. So we'll oh, see cool. if he wants to play a little bit of it. <laughs> uh, it feels legitimately strong. And I mean, I haven't done a ton of like um, refinement on it, but like, dang, like Worldly, Worldly Wanderer like removes that inconsistency element of, of Lunar. Like it not removes, but vastly improves that inconsistency element mm-hmm. of, of, oh man, my, my Lunar card sucks. I'll never get that Moongate. Man, look at these two Queens captains sitting here crying, you know? Um, mm. And then, of course, like the hand buff elements just, I mean, it pairs so nicely. I, I, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah I love hand decks that is... have all those little intricate synergies with each other. Like, you know, even mm-hmm. talking about it, this card buffs this card or it can buff this card, depending on like whichever is better. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. I do. I do really like that a lot. I really like the new Lich card, obviously, because it's a skeleton. <laughs> the, the, the other reason, the other reason is, is because my first gauntlet, I got six packs, and in my first three packs that I opened up from the gauntlet, I got a golden uh, Worldly Wanderer and a golden Lich. Ooh, so I got, I got nice. two golden legendaries and three packs. That, That's that was pretty freaking bomb. I, I pulled it took a, me uh, so long to get a premium legendary when I first started. I've only oh, ever like gotten like so three, long. and two of them were on that gauntlet first run. The only ones I have are from this set because I used to be so cutthroat about um, dusting premiums. I mean, I I didn't start keeping premiums in my collection until Moons uh, because I was yeah. so desperate to like get the good cards. And um, mm. but I I have right now a premium uh, gray fox, which I'm actually excited to mess Ooh. around with once I start digging back into green. I haven't messed with, around with green too much yet. Um, and then I also have. One premium uh, Bloody Hand Chef, which looks really cool cooking this keeper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. so cool looking. <laughs> that is really cool. Super yeah. cool. Another really good premium while we're at it, Dramora mm-hmm. Channel. That premium oh, looks yeah. really, really cool. And actually, I was thinking about this. I wanted to, I wanted to get your input on this. Uh, 
like an OTK with Ring of the Mirror and Dramore Channel and a Handbuff Empire list. That sounds disgusting. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I just I haven't I haven't messed with it yet because I I don't well, actually you need own... to get it to fifteen or I guess thirteen thirteen if you want to get them to twenty six first if you want the true five rune OTK. Yeah, yeah. I, and well, I'm then... an OTK purist. You know, it has to be all five runes at once. You know, for sure. None of this leaf water blessing <laughs> having to click a billion times thing. Yeah. <laughs> Having to click a bill. Don't yeah. make me click. Yeah, yeah, no, no, if I, if I wanted to click a bunch, I would just attack my opponent, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to click three times. What about yeah. waiting for a million animations with telekinesis, you know? <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> I actually never, as much as I love items, I actually never messed around with telekinesis, not once. I, it's one of those things that everybody jumped right on that train, and I was like, nah, I'll do something different. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, really I actually. Corey Millhouse's item deck in particular because every time every time like I played it like twice and I always get stuck with those like actually no he played it against me he got that 10 item hand that just happens yeah, yeah. Just, just slightly less items slightly fewer items and you're fine yeah no I uh it, it, it's so funny too when it happens I, I saw I saw that happen to Ian Bits um last time I I watched him play that list and it was so he got so mad I felt so bad for him that like because it's totally it's totally one of those things that, like statistically probably won't happen too often, but when it does happen, you just get yeah. locked out and cry, you know? It's, uh, it's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Corey popularized that, but we go way back. Uh, we used to be on a team for a game called Kaijudo, and he was always making wacky decks that I had to convince our other teammates not to play. So, so this is just that part too. <laughs> we talked about Kaijudo when I interviewed you for the for the article. That was the extension oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. masters, right? It was like very similar uh, masters. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, I mean, they're both made by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, okay. Dual Masters still exists in Japan and other Asian countries, but very similar gameplay. Yeah, that's very cool. So we had uh, Bones wrote in to us, and it, I, my question is different, but he said, I low-key am interested in what his average day is like. So CVH, like, what is your, as the community manager for Tessel, what is your average day like? And I think that is focused on, like, once you clock in at work, probably not like your serious, clearly very serious workout routine. Yeah, actually, <laughs> so we're still going to be able to hit that because I work out after work. A lot of people do it in the mornings, but I'm just too sloth-like in the morning. Mm. Uh, also going to focus on the weekday, not the weekend, because I'm I'm a slug on the weekend. Um, so weekdays, uh, I usually, I mean, just, you know, get ready for work. I usually get to work at somewhere between 9 and 9.30. It's not super strict. Uh, I usually eat breakfast at work. Um, so I try to like, you know, compartmentalize. I feel like it's easier if you just have your own sort of set schedule. Um, you know, there isn't really a, a strict way in which you have to do things as long as you attend whatever meetings or, and meetings can be all over the place. Um, so I usually start the day by, you know, following up with any DMs I missed or any emails that I missed. And, uh, you know, while I eat breakfast, I'll browse Reddit, browse Twitter, browse, you know, contact websites to see anything I missed and, and make sure I'm sort of up to date on the happenings. Um, every every day we have a call with like QA and Sparky and everything and, and really sync up about, you know, what's going on that day, what what are we planning for. Usually it's, you know, updates on whatever patch is next and where we are as far as like are we in alpha or beta or like, you know, what needs to be tested, what other kinds of things need to get in there. It's a pretty big call as like uh, 10 plus people every day, um, you know, just some stakeholders from every group. Um you know, that, that's, it really depends on what we're working towards. Um, 
uh, what's going on. You know, some days I'll be focused on like developing like social and events and stuff and working on that. Uh, other days will be, you know, days when, you know, there's a lot of moving things going on and I have to talk with brand and PR about like our response to something or, or we want to, you know, plan for um, leading up to an expansion. It's obviously uh, can get pretty hectic, but I think that's probably the next question. So I'm going to, my table out for right now. <laughs> yes, um, I usually leave work uh, sometime around 5:30 or 6. Uh, at that point, we go to the gym. Um, uh, Bucky, my fiance, he works in uh, QA across. So QA is all over the place, but he works quality assurance for blades right now. Uh, so we leave and we go to the gym at about that time. Uh, head home. Uh, probably get done the workout at like 7 7:30. Home by like 8. Cook dinner. Eat dinner at like 9. Then it's late, so we just chill. Go to bed and uh, start the next day. <laughs> so I really don't have time to, uh, since I do the gym pretty much like four out of five days every day, uh, getting home at like eight or so after that uh, doesn't leave a ton of time, but it's a schedule I sort of fell into. And uh, I'm one of those guys who just locks into a schedule and that's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> and that's what you're, that's what you're in for. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think it's really cool to kind of get an idea about what is happening behind the scenes in your day to day life. Um, and and kind of getting an idea about like what you know what what is going on what do you what meetings do you go to what decisions are you making you know mm-hmm. what uh, what things are you running to you know one to the next oh, I think that I think that's awesome to know that and the last question before DBN you have uh, some trivia for him is does Sparky Bethesda have future keywords in mind oh no that's not the next question that's the wrong this is <laughs> it is a question it is a question I don't even know we're going to go to that one today <laughs> but um, what does the release day for a new set look like behind the scenes so you know jaws is coming out you're showing up in the morning you show up extra mm-hmm. early is it an extra late day what, what does it look like behind the scenes when a new expansion comes out so fortunately for me my schedule doesn't really have to change that much you know i'm not like a live ops person or something like that or qa um those are the real heroes by the way um uh for this expansion it was a little different because that that iphone or ios delay that happened uh we knew that was coming the day before so there was a lot of planning on all right what do we do if the approval happens here are we still good to release all the other clients and all the platforms and everything uh, do we want to delay is the messaging confusing you know i'm always worried about if if, uh, if one group of people doesn't have a patch um, we still post the update, so they're still going to see that there is an update. We don't want that to happen to where they see there's an update and they don't have it. So, you know, that's all stuff that needs to be coordinated very carefully uh, with QA and testing and making sure all the approvals happen on time. That's why, you know, every patch has an alpha period, a beta period, and a release candidate. Uh, and, you know, the client has to be in a certain state of readiness with all of its new content and features at each of those stages. Um, so release day for me, it basically is summed up by I'm in charge of making sure all the announcements get out to where they need to go um, with the exception of any external PR beats that's coordinated by our PR people. Like if you see an article about an update on, um, you know, a different website, that's not me. Um, and if you see an email blast, that's usually Joey with the help of myself and PR and everything. But uh, as far as all the social gets posted, that's me. You got to make sure all that's ready for the global team and all the languages. Um, the steam update, uh, website gets pushed by our content guy Parker. Um, you know, I coordinate with him to make sure he knows that we're ready to go. You know, the client's propagating correctly, and there aren't any huge bugs or download issues. Um, social goes out. Website gets updated. Steam and forms get updated. Um, and at that point, uh, 
pretty quickly I turned my attention to the social and and read it and like see what people are saying. Obviously reporting bugs if anything comes up, but mostly just seeing how things are received because you know I write pretty regular reports on you know how things are being seen by the community is something positive is something negative uh, are people for example liking the new mechanic uh do they have this concern about this card or do they think this change is good or are they hoping to see more of this uh initial feedback is pretty important so that's usually what i turn to as soon as possible hmm. yeah okay so i mean and, and obviously if things don't go exactly as planned it's probably a lot more chaotic than other times. We had a little bit of a delayed release this time with the iOS yeah. stuff Fortun- coming out. Fortunately, we knew that was happening. Um, the one time I can really point to that was a little more chaotic was, uh, I think it was Alliance War, where we had an Android issue that actually persisted for a couple of days. So, yeah, that was well, a problem. That is that was a lot a more stressful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and DBN, you actually have to unmute yourself real quick, but if you want to unmute yourself and then in Skype and then... Uh, do you have the some some trivia some trivia for us um, uh, for uh, for CVH here because we, yeah. we thought it would be fun to quiz you man on your knowledge of the game. Uh, okay, I don't have the game on by the way. On our code. At what point did I get muted in Skype? I muted you when you were typing real loud. Oh man, <laughs> that's my bad. All right, my bad. Sorry, had to respond. Uh, okay. Um, I actually have a couple of like short, quick questions, if you don't mind, CBH. Let's do it. Hopefully, you, you know, you don't. You can just give me quick answers if you want. But um, one, uh, I was just interested uh, because you're talking about uh, working out, and I know that's a big part of your life. Uh, what is your most kind of favorite or most successful like workout routine? Uh, so for the gym. Um... Uh, I always followed sort of just like a, a regular kind of split. Um, I have a push day, a pull day, and a leg day. So um, basically just working complementary muscle groups that, you know, work well together. Uh, pull day is back, biceps, things like that. Uh, push day is mostly chest, shoulders, triceps. Um, so you're doing all these pushing motions like bench press, shoulder press, uh, you know, side raises, uh, things like that, tricep pushdowns. And then leg day is pretty self-explanatory. Whole yeah. day dedicated to legs because... I personally need it. <laughs> uh, so I go six days a week um, pretty consistently. The day I take off tends to vary depending on how my body's feeling. Um, mm-hmm. But we do – that means you hit each muscle group two times a week. Um, we usually start out with a big compound lift. So for uh, the pull day, it's usually some type of deadlift or rack pull. Um, usually like the trap bar deadlifts. For push day, it's a bench press. Um and a couple of variations of that, obviously. And, and for legs, it's either um, I don't personally care too much for squats. They kind of bother my back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, usually a heavy leg press or I've been trying to do more squats just to, to get better at them. Uh, and then we move into like the accessory complementary stuff that goes along with, you know, those muscle groups. And I'm trying to do more cardio, too, because yeah. to. <laughs> it's hard. It's, God, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Hate it a lot. Um, you gotta go. You gotta go find uh, find like a, a sport or something to, to mess around with. You know I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to. We have a, like the, the gym we go to has a great indoor pool, and I think that's probably the answer. But I haven't remembered to actually pack my swim shorts yet. So <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that happens, we're that's, good. No, I, I I feel that. Yeah. Um, cool. I was just interested because I, I I'm also I also like working out, and I was interested uh, in what you do. So that's neat. Um, Okay, uh, so I, I have another one. Uh, just really briefly, what was up with the? Uh, I was very excited about the search bar changes. 
Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if I think I, I, I want to say, and this is, I'm, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to be humble about it. Okay. <laughs> but I think I was the first person to do the eat your Oreos joke. Uh, at least okay. like, uh, or one of the first people, because I, I, I heard that and like, I never uh, heard anyone else say it until after I started saying it. But uh, I was like, I somebody told me DBN like search Oreos and I was <laughs> and Goldman yeah. this you came up he, I geeked out and I, and then uh, Eolas had Bushwhack and uh, I know some of those things might have been rolled back but uh, I don't know that that was just really funny like <laughs> I I don't tell me about that I don't know just I just want to hear so, what, what you think about that I, I legitimately do not know where uh, the Oreo originated. Uh, just full disclosure, I just know that it Fair is enough. a meme now. Uh, yeah. Of all the things I do have a say in, I actually didn't put those into the game myself, so I can't take any of the credit for that, unfortunately. Pass it on. <laughs> uh, but this is pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, what did I ask for? I mean, obviously people wanted Moose to be... Yeah, Moose. For At sure. that point, is that, that one isn't really a gag. It's more like an actual quality of life upgrade because I've heard stories of people <laughs> trying to find it. <laughs> trying to find it. So, what yeah. is this thing called? <laughs> The game is broken. I can't type. I can't find the moose with the moose. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's, that, that, I don't know. You can pass that on to whoever's responsible. I got a huge kick out of it. That was hilarious. Uh, okay. And then uh, uh, it was mostly it was mostly Gavin. So <laughs> get a lot well of the credit done. for that. Well if, done. If he's, and he's probably asleep, but yeah. The uh, the last thing was uh, I I don't know. I'm interested. Like how much you put into picking out cards reveals for specific people you know what i mean and like you don't have to reveal it if you don't want to but it just uh there was several card reveals especially in this set that like certain people got that felt very at least somewhat tailored to their maybe content creating identity yeah so card reveals are another thing sort of like you know social like if you see something on twitter that is 99.9% of the time it's me on the Legends accounts or whatever. Uh, so card reveals are another thing, another project that I kind of have ownership on. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, no one tells me where a card needs to go. There are some things I try to do, like um, our PR guy, Bo, who guested on a stream a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's the PR person who typically works Legends. So he'll try to get, he wants me to give him the cool cards for a lot yeah. of the press outlets. You know, like you see uh, one of those websites reveal a card and we want it to be a pretty cool, big legendary card. But mm -hmm. uh, past that, you know, I kind of have a good working knowledge of the game. Maybe less so than before <laughs> when I was better at it. Uh, but I saw, like, for example, the uh, the Goblin. I knew that had to be for Matt Oblivion pretty immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for for less obvious things and that was pretty on the nose like that was that was gonna happen like yeah matt could have said no and i would have made him do it um <laughs> yeah for I for mean, other less obvious ones yeah. it's just like i try not to repeat too much like there are some running themes like i gave dt blade a couple dragons because uh, yeah. i thought they were cool anyway but i try not like that, that actually was a mistake that turned into a pretty good meme when i accidentally gave silver views two very similar statted cards um and then I, <laughs> I swear i was gonna try to give her another three cost three three but i just couldn't justify it you know <laughs> yeah 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 well that that, that would have been really funny though because <laughs> yeah. he had uh, golden initiate right for isles yeah and then uh what was the other one i uh, think it was dominion battle reef that's right it was dominion mm -hmm. battle reef yeah <laughs> and they're both, they're both great. Great. So they're like, both draining three threes for yeah. three. <laughs> mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's interesting. And uh, I also listen to like 
you know, if someone has a suggestion, like if someone comes to me and says, I'd really like to reveal a card, I love this particular type of card or this particular attribute. I can't always accommodate that, but there's so many cards out there usually that it's it's not impossible. Like I know um, uh, Zodi came to me with a, he wanted to meme a little bit. I don't, it was a couple expansions ago and I gave him Bullnetch to reveal as like a fake card reveal. Oh Because yeah. it was just the, the three cost five, five and it wasn't even collectible. Um, but I had the image for it, obviously. So, like, you know, pretend this is real and let's hope people aren't actually fooled because then I'll have a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. And I, I remember being immediately like, this cannot be real. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? There's no way. Yeah, <laughs> well, cool. yeah and that, that really worked because I don't think we've ever actually done that with a story card before. So it's a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> Well, cool. Uh, we do have our, I, I, full disclosure, I did kind of throw this together, um, but I, I just, we wanted to start working in a, tr- a little mini trivia section. Uh, so I, I pulled together a couple things and, you All know, right. I will judge you if you get it wrong, because frankly, I'd be more interested on a couple of these if you get close. Uh, oh, God. So, so, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still tuned in the segment, but uh, first question. Um, so you're the community manager. And so I know you do a lot of posting on social media. You do a lot of posting on Twitter. You also do some posting on Reddit. Do you know which of your Reddit threads has the most upvotes? Of all time? Uh, of all of your, this is, uh, the top of all time for posted by CBH. Is it the one? Oh God! So I, I actually checked this because I'm narcissistic, like months ago, but it might have changed since then. Uh, was oh no? Was it when I was like, "Thank you guys, I'm really excited to start work as a community manager." I think that was number two though. Oh, uh, number one was an announcement. I don't remember which one it was. Yikes! It's funny that you know the second one as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, only know the second have to one. check that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it'd be funny if you give us like one you got another guess uh jeez was i'm just gonna shot in the dark here was it the isle of madness announcement ah it was not what was it uh it was the post titled a statement on the new legends client that has the most upvotes uh according to the search bar that says uh upvotes with um of all time, or whatever, top of all time. Uh, I scrolled down and found the first one with CBH on it, and that one had the most. So, You know, that is actually pretty surprising because upvotes were kind of a hot commodity back in those days, uh, given. <laughs> I guess everybody the, was really excited for the client. I mean, it was a, it was an announcement on the, on the new client stuff. Well, this was a couple weeks after the new client, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a statement we made saying we are working to improve very quickly. Mm, yeah, well, maybe were, maybe it's the most, maybe it's the most voted one then. Uh, I I looked for. I think the it top. might be upvotes. Yeah, uh, no, a top yeah. a top I think means highest score, so that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Okay. Uh, well, well, community managed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the new Jaws of Oblivion set, there are tons of new Daedra, but how many total Daedra are there in Elder Scrolls Legends? Oh my god, this is oh. such a wacky trivia. I thought you were going to be like, how much power does Invasion Vanguard have? <laughs> uh, no, that, I imagine that would be too easy for you. Alright, so this is a question that I want everyone to be prepared for me to get very wrong. I'll give uh, you a five plus or minus. You know, then we'll count it as correct. Alright, I'm going to say 47. That is 
one point out of the margin. It is 53. Oh. 53. Jeez. Very close, though. Very yeah, close. My, 40, really my 47 close. didn't take into account for reflective automaton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, I may have. I think I was sitting here. I think I forgot reflective automaton. So it's that probably oh, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I went through and counted them uh, one by one. Uh, I don't know any better way of finding that information. <laughs> um, yeah, if okay. you search Daedra, I don't think the automaton shows up. But uh, yeah, there's some other stuff that doesn't show up too. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, there. anything with the Daedra keyword would, and some of them had the yeah. plus one, but. Um, mm. Anyway, so uh, on so next question on September 17th. 2016, you posted your first Between the Lanes meta snapshot. Okay. Do you recall the two decks that you had ranked at Tier 1? I'm going to say Control Mage and Midrange Archer. You are correct! Well yeah. done! Nice! <laughs> Got that one. Meta snapshot yeah. you put out. There's a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, that Midrange Archer deck wasn't well built either. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hindsight's 2020, man. <laughs> it is. Uh, let's see. Can you believe uh, that was three years ago? Jeez. Wow. Wait. It's wild too. Yeah, oh, Honestly, old. for me, it feels like it was it was so much longer ago. Frankly, you know, like I just I don't know. I feel like I've been yeah. Playing- my my life is split. You know, we have these major life moments, and my life is pretty much split into pre Manticore nerf and post Manticore nerf. <laughs> 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 Oh man, yeah, no. <laughs> Which ones, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to even tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. This one, I again, it's another ballpark one, and I did count all of these uh, because I was wondering if this was something you'd know or not. Uh, but I doubt it. No, no offense. Uh, I fine. wouldn't. I wouldn't count it either until I decided to make this question. So again, give me a ballpark. Uh, I'll give you plus or minus ten on this one. So how many titles are there in Elder Scrolls Legends that can be earned? Ooh. I will say slightly too many. All right, let me find an actual number. God, there's so there's seriously so many of them. Uh, there are a lot. I counted them yeah. one by one. <laughs> wow, I'm... See, I that's the guy, like, if you had asked, I could have told you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I might even overshoot it because I think there is just that many. I'm going to say 150. That's what it feels like, at least. Mm. Mm. there are a lot correct there is more you want to try again uh 250 there is 219 earnable titles in elder scrolls uh 219 scrolls uh, in the title selection that is a lot of options yeah if you've Uh, earned all of them that is a legitimate achievement you know yeah that is uh, you know, the thing is, I there are all these title hunters out there, and I'm like, oh, you know, okay, cool. Like, you've got, like, what, 75? I looked, I had no idea there were this many dang titles. Like, holy yeah. crap, there's so it's many. a titles. lot of titles in the game. So a does this count titles. the, uh, there's a couple hidden titles, too. I imagine this counts them. And if it doesn't, I'd have no way of knowing off the top yeah, of my head. I think there's a couple hidden titles that I have earned. Uh, yeah. But no, I, uh, if there's, I don't know how many hidden titles there are, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get a message uh, from someone at Sparky Pants tomorrow morning yeah, saying, somebody... hey, I listened to your podcast. You were both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we were. Heck, we're probably wrong on the uh, the danger. But uh, uh, again, counting only Close takes enough. Yeah. I did remember to turn on the crafting thing because there was, I don't have a copy of Dramora Marquinaz. Uh, I don't know how to say oh. it. 
Uh, don't have a copy of that. I think I dusted that uh, way back when. Um, okay, the final question is, what card needs a nerf the most? Manticora. <laughs> is the one of two answers I would have accepted, the other one being Hello Death Priest. CVH, everybody, thank you uh, so much for uh, answering my uh, my various and sundry questions. You did very well. I was very impressed, uh, especially by the uh, <laughs> by remembering that meta snapshot from three years ago. Yeah. So well done. Yeah, those, those took a lot of time, and I remember that meta because uh, I think that was the meta. Like honestly, people say like the House of Tomorrow meta lasted a while, but that that, that course up meta because the game was just starting out, like that was what we had. So you got very familiar with the decks that were very good in that meta. And well, uh, I played a lot of Midrange Archer. <laughs> you know, that was the first deck I crafted. Uh, was uh, Midrange Archer. That was when the Burn and Pillage uh, was still playable. Uh, yeah. And Soul Rest, Rest Marshal was crazy. Yeah. Soul Rest Marshal was the guy. That was what, like, oh. you just tempo that out and, you know, with something else, you put a Le- and Leaf Lurkers were like staples, like auto crafts back then. Like, oh, yeah. I still love Leaf Lurker, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it was good, good times, good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's all the questions I have for you, sir. Thank you for answering them. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and head towards the closing, and we have a new segment that we're going to do. We're going to give it a try. We'll see if people like it or if people don't like it. We'll get some feedback from the community. Um, but this new segment is going to begin to close out our show, which is going to be Mark's thoughts. So my my goal for this is to get us thinking about something that may or may not be gaming-related, but maybe bigger. If you're taking an hour and 35 minutes to listen to this, I hope that you walk away with something more than just – more legends knowledge. I hope that you walk away with legends knowledge, but we also hope that you walk away with life knowledge. So my first thought so far um, is going to be is going to be this. If uh, I, I was thinking the other day and I was just contemplating this concept of IRL, right, in real life, we have this on Twitch, we have this uh, these comments a lot, like I got to go do something in real life. And I began thinking about it and, and really what that concept means, um, because do people honestly believe that the time that they spend in games is not real life, right? That, 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 that this is how we're spending our life, right? As gamers, we are choosing to spend our real lives as gamers participating in video games. You don't get any more time or less time than anybody else. Everybody gets seven days in a week, 24 hours in a day. And if you choose to participate in this, it's not that you're not participating in the real world. This is your actual life. And my real thought was, does the term IRL sort of, um, does it does it make gaming um, more of a joke? Does it, does it actually... Um, sort of lessen its value. We know that gaming is becoming more and more popular. Esports are becoming more and more popular. This is steadily becoming more and more of a thing. And we already know that the world at large, when it looks at gaming, thinks it's nothing or you, people get looked down on a lot because they're gamers, especially um, people who are working kind of in the marketplace. You can kind of be looked down upon because of this hobby that you have. And I think reinforcing that with the thought of in real life um, just sort of goes along with that and reinforces this idea that what we're doing as gamers is not actually real life. But instead it is. It's it's the thing that we've begun to participate in. And so I'm, I'm like campaigning that we get rid of IRL from our gaming terminology um, and realize that part of gaming is is real life. Um, and that's just my thought. That's my thought. That's something that maybe you take home with you and, or, and you just think about this week. 
Um, do you really view gaming as part of your life? Because this is the way that you're choosing to spend your time. This is the way that you're choosing to spend your real life. You only get one of them, and this is the way that you're you're choosing to spend it. It's a little philosophical, but CVH or DBN, do you guys have any any thoughts on our closing thoughts for this episode? Uh, I will admit to using IRL, but I've never really thought about it as a gaming or non-gaming thing. I usually use it online to sort of notate uh, something I'm going to do offline. Um, and I think it's different for me because even a lot of the stuff I do offline is gaming related. So IRL literally <laughs> means just like offline, like, like, oh, I know, you know, for example, let's, let's hang out IRL. Um, that could mean instead of talking in this game client, let's hang out and play some games. <laughs> you know, ever since I was like 11 or 12, it's been such a huge part of my life that it didn't even really need to be stated. But yeah, for a lot of people, I think that's true. Um, and it's kind of awkward because I don't really remember a time when gaming wasn't this huge part of my life. So I'll sort of get caught up in that sort of bubble about it. I remember when I got the job at Bethesda, I would tell some people I was on like music gigs with, I was doing like a pit orchestra gig before I left. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving next week. I'm going to start working at Bethesda. And I got the, the, it was like, he's like a 50 year old guy percussionist. And he gave me blank scare, blank stare. I don't know what that is. <laughs> he just sure. straight up did yeah. not know what I was talking about. But for example, in that situation, I would just say like, I work in marketing. Um, and then <laughs> you might think it's super cool. And then for someone who's like, you know, uh, you know, a millennial or a gen, uh, gen Z who's like grown up with the gaming's, uh, gaming scene and everything, I, I wouldn't say marketing to them. That wouldn't be that cool. I would say I work for Bethesda. I work for a gaming company. They would think that is the coolest thing. So I think it's just a, a cultural shift that's happening. How about you, DBN? Any closing thoughts on our closing thought? Yeah, well, I think the uh, the idea there is is a good one. I don't know how much IRL uh, is just more of a, you know, like if you if you look at the etymology of the word, right? I and I would bet it came up with the rise of uh, of MMOs alongside Warcraft. I don't know this. I have no evidence, but that Almost seems like something that would, that would come up, right? Because of the idea that like. I mean, as I'm learning from my roommate, uh, who's playing uh, Warcraft Classic a lot, uh, you know, there's just there's a lot of things you do in that game that very much has probably been phased out in modern uh, MMO video games that were like, okay, like you have to cook things or like, you know, go and repair things, you know, mm -hmm. things that like have probably been streamlined out of games because they weren't necessarily always super fun or exciting, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, if you compare like World of Warcraft to Destiny, two very, very different MMOs in terms of like how you spend your time, right? Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, okay, I have to go eat food IRL in real life and distinguishing between the two. I wouldn't be surprised anyways. But Like the um, Sims, no, I, like are, are you going to go eat with your, your Sims yeah. family? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do think there's something really important with what you have to say, which is I do think... Um, and maybe not about gaming in particular, but I think that humans in general tend to devalue um, the things that they are passionate about, uh, especially if they're, you know, if they're not making money off of it or if it's something that um, maybe is, you know, uh, deemed a waste of time by other people. I mean, uh, Christian's right. Like, you know, sometimes I just don't tell people about my streaming and casting, you know, jobs. I'm just like, they won't get it, you know, and, and, I think that there's a lot of people, for instance, we talked about this before, Mark, where like um, they feel bad about spending money on Tesla. Well, if Tesla's your hobby, you know, mm -hmm. if magic is your hobby and that's what brings you joy, 
there's no difference there between going out and buying new golf clubs. I mean, really, one is just simply more legitimized by, you know, uh, the, the American, you know, definition of success, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. it, I just think that's really important to understand that it's okay to spend time and money on the things that make you happy um, as long as they're, you know, not unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, all hobbies are good. And, like, I remember back when I was streaming more or less full time, I was in a music gig with someone else. And uh, this lady asked me, she's like, oh, what do you do besides this? And I said, well, I don't really have a day job per se, but I do, like, full time content creation for this game. And, yeah, I didn't really explain what content creation was, but she's like, oh, don't tell my son. Um, and, like, I kind of, it was a joke and everything, but, you know, you kind of want to ask... Well, why not? You know, because yeah. I think the 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 idea of full time in gaming that the you know clickbaity sometimes media presents you with is always a pro esport thing or always this you know be the next ninja streamer thing. And like for every person who's legitimately making a full time living in esports or content creation, you have like ten engineers coding the games you have marketing people publishing the games you have pr people you have content writers you have story writers you have writers and artists and quality assurance people like there's a whole sort of uh ecosystem of different kinds of people with different skill sets who who make a living in gaming and those are very real uh, professions they're very secure and uh you know i think they deserve a little more attention than uh just the idea that gaming is this thing you kill time with and spend money on and then you know you got this pipe dream of the ninja-esque type of thing but it's it's a very real entire world that's going on yeah Yeah, and it's only getting bigger yeah that's the thing right that it's it's consistently growing it's and it's going to consistently grow and i think that it's important there's some terminology that i think that the gaming community uses that i'm not sure is helpful in legitimizing legitimizing the not just the hobby but it's it's a it it is a cultural thing right and i mean i work in a world where i'm basically the only gamer i'm not the only tabletop gamer i'm the only video gamer in the office and so when i talk about the fact that i podcast about this game and that's something that i do on tuesday nights or i'm playing games it's it's looked at as like holy, like, read a book. Why are you wasting your time? Like, you're <laughs> rotting your brain. Just like, you know. Wait till they figure out about Kindles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I, de- I deeply, deeply love the people that I work with. At the same time, they don't always understand it. And I think words like, or phrases like in real life just legitimizes their point of view that this isn't real life. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything that's real life. But the, I think it's important then for gamers also to look at their life and to think about, what is it that what is it that I'm like, this is how I'm choosing to spend my life. Right. And we only get so much time. There's only so many things you get to participate in. Be careful yeah. of what you place your life in. And, and I, I'm not I've always saying hated the uh, expression. I don't have enough time for something. I try not to use that ever because uh, in reality, time is pretty static for everyone. It's 24 hours in a day. We don't know how much time we have, but. That's the limitation that we know of. So instead of saying, here's a fun exercise. Instead of saying, I don't have time for something, say, this is not a priority. And mm-hmm. and that'll sort of let you sync up and really think about what you're spending your time on. Like, do I, I didn't hit Legend this month. I, I could say I didn't have the time for it. Like, I obviously am doing more other things now, but that just means hitting Legend wasn't as big of a priority for me. You know, I was doing other things. And, and then you can then you can ask yourself, am I okay with that? Like, is that statement okay with me? 
Am I okay with uh, saying that I spent this amount of time playing this game versus this game versus anything else I have going on? And chances are I'll be totally fine with it. <laughs> then, then you realize you have like a hobby you can really uh, vibe with. Like once I told myself that I was missing out on other things because I was streaming Legends full time, and I was like, I'm totally okay with this. This is this is what I want to be doing. But you know, really accepting that and saying this is where mm-hmm. my time is going, and uh, that's a conscious decision. Yes, yeah. and I, there's there's some intentionality that goes along with that that I think most people, all of us need to to be conscious of. We need to grow in, right? That there's some level of intentionality of examining our lives and looking and saying, is this really what I want to be spending my time on? Is this what, what am we putting my effort into? Because we all have the same amount of time. And you're right. It's really not a question of I don't have enough time or do I have enough time? It's yeah. uh, do I choose to make the time for, right? Because mm-hmm. we can choose to make the time for, but it's a question of what do we really truly desire? I can choose to make the time to be in the top 100 legend players in legends if i wanted to but i desire to be a good father as well and so yeah. and i desire to remain married um and i desire <laughs> and that's very, desire that's very to keep important priorities job, right and so like yes it's it's it, and i think people can look down on themselves either they're not a good enough player or they can't get there and it's like no like you you choose the priorities that you have with the limited time that you have allotted to you and it's important to examine those things and be examining your life and um I think it's important to legitimize the hobby and legitimize the profession of gaming, both as a, a public figure, a content creator, or all the behind the scenes stuff that goes into putting those games out there, um, that we are careful with how we relate to the very thing that we love, that we don't delegitimize it in the eyes of those who are looking at it as a joke. Um, we need to look at it as this is part of our life and part of something that we're participating in. Um, and it's important to us. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think that that's that's my thought. That's my closing thought. Cool. Okay. Okay. We really got to get out of here. It's CVH, <laughs> we've kept you for an hour and 47 minutes. This is like way too long. CVH, real quickly, if people wanted to get connected with what Bethesda's putting out there and kind of like what you're doing, how would people, you know, we don't we don't need your cell phone number, but how would people, you know, reach out <laughs> to you? Not going to get or, that. Or see what you're putting <laughs> out there. Uh, so if anyone wants to stay up to date with Legends, hopefully you do if you're listening to this Legends podcast, uh, the TES Legends uh, social media accounts, we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, those are the best places to be. Um, there is a Legends Discord if you are on Discord, uh, there's a great Legends subreddit if you are on Reddit, um, and if you want to get more involved, I suggest any of those avenues to uh to check out with our news obviously legends.bethesda.net is where we post all of our updates but you can also find them in the game itself so no need to check that if you're checking the game regularly you'll see whenever there's a new update in the the news tab there uh besides that if you want to reach out to me or get in touch with me i am on um obviously i'm I'm always browsing reddit and so are many other teams members on legends from sparky pants design team specifically uh but i'm also on twitter at uh, imcvh that's i-a-m-c-v-h and uh, you can just DM me there. My DMs are always open if you have a concern or anything. Uh, and uh, I'll just be uh, I'll be around for sure in the community all the time. So I'm never too far. If there's something to report or something you want to have heard, chances are I'm seeing it. Awesome. DBN, how about you, brother? How can people get connected with you? Well, um, twitch.tv slash deadbrooknerd, where we are now. Uh, that's handy. Uh, additionally, I've been putting a lot more effort into my YouTube page, uh, account, channel, something, whatever it's called. But uh, yeah, so that's The Dead Broke Nerd. Ah, Man, easy. Uh, That's over at YouTube. And I put out at least three videos a week 
Minimum one of them is going to be Elder Scrolls Legends related, usually more, to be frank. To be frank. Uh, but uh, definitely check that out. Um, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff, more experimental stuff. I don't usually post like medalists and stuff over there uh, because I feel like, man, everybody's got medalists, you know, but not everybody has Transmogrify and Vape. So uh, yeah, you it's check what that out becomes there. the meta. Oh, man, Very if that happens, uh, I will be so happy. Or maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can also follow me on uh, Twitter, Deborah Nerd, and uh, feel free to, guys, feel free to message me. So, you know, that's one of the things that... I think Mark and I really are happy to have is if you guys, you know, want my opinion on a list, uh, I'll do my best. You know, if you guys uh, just have an idea for me, you know, if you just want to talk about something, you know, um, feel free to message me because uh, really Discord's the best way to do it. Twitter DMs work fine. I can't promise I'll get to it fast, but I promise I will get to it. Um, and I'm always happy to chat with you guys. Awesome. Uh, if you want to get connected with the show, you should join our Discord, um, and we post links to that just about everywhere. And I'll throw one in the chat tonight as well. Um, that's our that's our community, man. Like that's super super active, and we got Jethron and Beefquake in there moderating it and everything, and, and admining it. They're, they do such an incredible job taking care of that for us. But that's the heart of our community there. Um, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com, search for Legends Cast. You can financially support it. The patrons of our show kind of get first dibs on like voting on things, like our new logo is getting voted on right now by them um like when we do merch and stuff th there's not a lot of other perks we hope to do some like additional audio content for them in the future um uh if you actually want to check out my stream you are able to do that now um i am twitch.tv slash the 113 lift the 113 lift if you want to go and, and check out my stream you're welcome to do that i don't stream real often maybe a couple of hours a week here and there um and i'm gonna be playing some arena decks for legends and just talking about life in general beyond that outside of this work i am uh, i'm a pastor in my day-to-day -day work and so my heart is to support the community both in in prayer and uh, a listening ear and so if you're in a dark place um which the internet can be a really dark dark world um and you're you you just don't have anyone to reach out to like reach out to me I'm, I'm here to listen um i have a consistent group of people that i'm praying for and checking in with over our discord server all the time um and folks that i've even you know talked to the phone and, and pray with them over the phone and just help them walk through some different things in life and so my heart is genuinely to shed light and, and bring good vibes and good light into uh into a, a what can be a very dark world um and so if you if you ever need someone to listen to you or you just you know whatever just reach out to me i'm, I'm there um and i love supporting people so that's gonna do it for me um and that was a lot of that was a lot of stuff but man what an incredible episode cvh yeah. thank you so much man i mean definitely Dude, what an honor. I mean, how many podcasts out there get someone who actually works for the company that they're podcasting about to be able to come on the show? I mean, that's insane. That doesn't happen. And yet this is your second time should, on the should show, be man. Should be more often. Should be well, more I'm, often. Let's, let's do it, community people. Let's get on some podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm just so honored. I'm so, so honored that you take the time out to to, to come and, and tune in with us. So once again, man, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on the show. No problem. It's been great. It's been an honor to be on the show as always. And best of luck with the future episodes. I'm looking forward to listening to them. Oh, awesome. Do you actually listen to our show? 
Oh yeah, I mean sometimes I skip around if it's a super long episode, but yeah, I always try. Like, like, <laughs> like you don't have to listen to this one. You don't have to listen, don't have to, listen to this one at all. It's our longest. Okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> listen to this one back. I don't like you. <laughs> right, that's, that's that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm gonna edit in a bunch of stuff you didn't say with with some crazy editing uh, stuff anyway and confirm a bunch of stuff. All these fake uh-huh. announcements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's gonna wrap it up here for episode number 19 of Legends Cast. Come back next week for episode number 20 which is a big episode. I don't know. We don't have a, a guest lined up yet, but come back next week for episode level 20. Make sure you check out DBN's Twitch page because that's where we stream live on Tuesday night starting at about 9 p.m. EST. That's going to do it for us here, and we will catch you back here next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Elder Scrolls Legends. If you want to support Legends Cast, you can always leave us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Or you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash legendscast. Be sure to come back next week and make sure that you check out our sponsor, both Inked Gaming and Team Rankstar at teamrankstar.com.